Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise God, praise God. You can be seated. What a delight to be in the house of the Lord. I truly mean that. I want the Lord to hear it, not just with my lips, but I know that he, he knows the thought and the intent of our heart. And uh, he knows if we are just saying something to be saying it or if we mean it. And I really mean that I'm happy to be here today. I'm glad that you're here. What a busy, busy time. Uh, the holiday season seems to be a very distracting time, as a matter of fact. I think we could agree with that. And, uh, but I'm glad that we are uh, where we are in our calendar year and um, not really happy to see time go by necessarily but we are wanting to welcome the new year. And uh, now for the last several years, my wife and I have just, uh, you know, we've gotten over sitting up to midnight. We just wake up the next day and take everybody's word for it. <laughs> we just kind of let everybody else or somebody else be in charge of that particular part of that. But uh it is an exciting thing to be a part of the church and to be a part of the church in this hour. Brother Polk shared something with me Wednesday night I want to share with you on the, the page three of the B edition of the USA Today. Someone ran a full page ad about the Acts 238 message and uh, the privilege of uh, knowing the Lord and, the, and just the plan of salvation. Isn't that a neat thing? And uh, we just say to God be the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. You never know where something like that is going to wind up and uh, into many, many hands. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that. I don't know uh, who was the power behind that. Uh, there are three pictures on there. Uh, Brother Brian Kinsey, one of our pastors in Pensacola, are, are in those pictures. And I'm, but it doesn't. I don't know if that's. It doesn't designate their church as being the catalyst behind that. But we're very thankful for the truth of God's word to be propagated across our nation, around the world, and thank God for that. It's a privilege to be here this morning and uh, to be here in this particular service and for this particular cause. And uh, I have felt for uh, some time the Lord has just been dealing with me about the subject of prayer. He's been dealing with me personally about the subject of prayer in my own life and certainly about prayer for us as a church. And I know that we pray and trust that as a church and I trust that people pray, of course, individually. But I, I feel that God is pulling us and I feel a certain direction in my spirit and um, and so we're going to put a lot of emphasis on prayer in 2018. As a matter of fact, our theme for this coming year is just going to be this, simply this, thinking up, united prayer, united prayer. And so I want our thoughts, our intentions, our heart 
to be thinking up, amen, not in looking to the world's uh, leadership for help and uh, not necessarily looking to the government to help us or looking to the powers that be to help us, but we need God Almighty to help us. We need his spirit, his power and presence to help us. And so we just wanna unite ourselves around the theme of prayer. And so throughout the upcoming, upcoming calendar year, we will underscore the importance of prayer through various venues. I mentioned one already, and uh, that is spending a few moments of every service in focused prayer, uh, collectively as, an, as a congregation. If you were at, were at our prayer conference, all this had been in my mind, and the Lord had been dealing with me about prayer, and so um, I don't want you to leave, I don't want to leave the wrong impression that all of this just happened in November, but I felt like it was confirmed in November at our prayer conference. Brother Tom Suey was one of our guest speakers, and if you were a part of this particular service, then you may remember that as he began to talk about focused prayer, he would put various things on the screen. I remember a couple of them, like the White House, a picture of the White House. And he asked those hundreds and hundreds of people, he said, I want you to point to that screen and now we're gonna pray for the people that occupy that house. Because you see, it doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, Independent, none of that matters. We need to honor the office and pray for the office and those that are making decisions. That affects us. And so again, I'm talking about the church being proactive in prayer and not react, reactive in prayer. And uh, so we wanna just be able uh, to, to center our hearts and our minds around something as a church to pray for that. You know, I hope that we always take it serious when someone sends us a text or a phone call or something of that nature and, and they say, I need you to pray for me. Now let's just be honest, it's real easy just to say okay, okay. Or to get on Facebook and just say pray. But we need to practice integrity with that. Because if you say you're praying and you're not praying, then you're not praying, you're lying. And so we need to pray and when people ask for prayer, it doesn't matter what it's about. It doesn't really matter at all what it's about. Several years ago, um, Sister Cricket had asked uh, Justin and Sarah to pray with her about something. I don't know the details of this, but she had asked them to pray about something. She said it was a special unspoken request. And so my son, being my son, he just kept kind of prodding at her. And he said, but if I just knew a little more details, I think I could pray a little more sincerely. <laughs> and so, of course, she, there he is. I was trying to find, looking all over, trying to find him. I was hoping you were out of the building. But anyway... <laughs> Now, now I got to finish the story. But uh, so he was just kind of te obviously teasing her about that. And so when she, it wasn't none of his business, they turned around. So they just started praying behind her. And, and Justin was overheard saying, Lord, just whatever this is, just throw a blanket over this. But it, just throw a blanket over this. So sometimes we know what it is. Sometimes we don't. But either way, we need to be just as sincere in our prayer. We don't have to have the details. <laughs> And I took this little moment to correct one of the men in our church there. So that's what I did. <laughs> but we need to pray. We certainly need to pray and, and be considerate. And so sometimes we may get that text message riding down the road. And, uh, you know, we don't have a prayer shawl to put on and we don't have any incense to burn or candles to light. But I believe that we can still 
We don't do those things. I was just an illustration. But we could, we could still sincerely pray and just join together and ask God to touch that situation. And so we need to understand that God has called the church to pray. And here's why. Because prayer changes things. That's not just a bumper sticker. It's not a tag on a car. It's not a cute slogan for a coffee mug. Prayer changes things. I want to drill down on this as deeply and firmly as I can today because I'm just going to be as candid as I know how and tell you that many of us, and I for one, am standing here today because somebody prayed for me. Amen. Someone prayed for me. My wife was just talking about this past Tuesday night in our home. We didn't have ladies prayer here at the church, but they were asked to pray at home. And when my wife came out of the bedroom praying, she came, she said, I, I don't want to fail to do this because, and she started naming the people that some that are sitting in this building today, she said, they are a product of Daughters of Zion Prayer where we are praying the power of God into their lives. And so prayer changes things. I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm talking about today. I, I just, if, if, if I just tell it today and don't yell it, amen, don't mistake that what we are talking about is not important. So I wanna take a proactive approach to the subject of prayer. And uh, I mentioned a moment ago that many times the church is called on to pray in the aftermath of things. And there, there's a place for that. But I believe that we ought to be praying proactively. And so our commitment Sunday, our commitment Sunday, this is what today is all about. The very first thing that I want us to commit to is to commit to a different level of prayer in your own life. Commitment Sunday, amen. It will be a commitment or a recommitment perhaps to more consistency in prayer if you're not consistent. I ask God to help us to, as a church, to be very mindful of this. And that means you may have to set your alarm clock a little bit earlier. It means that you may have to do something because Time is you're not just gonna you're not just gonna wake up tomorrow and have extra time. There's no such thing as that. We have to make time. And if I am candid with you today, we generally make time for the things we want to have time for. And so I want to make time for prayer. I want to commit myself to prayer. I, I understand that sometimes, you know, in, in our daily routine of things. It's, uh, it's easy to be consistent and then sometimes when our routine gets broken, it's a little bit more difficult to be consistent in that. But I, I wanna ask God to help me that no matter where I am, that I can be consistent in my prayer time. You should have received an email yesterday from me with a 30-day prayer guide for the month of January. This prayer guide is also made available on our HAC Facebook page. And if you don't use email or Facebook or just would just simply prefer to have a hard copy of this, they are available in the foyer. And uh, it's just a prayer guide to help us give us a topic to pray about for every week of the month of January. And uh, don't think it's strange that we're putting resources in your hands like that because it would be much better to pray in a focused fashion about something than to just walk around saying Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. 
oh Lord, move, oh Lord, move, oh Lord, move. There are times we need the Lord to move, but we need to be specific in prayer. God dealt with me uh, more than 30 years ago about, about being specific in prayer. When you're praying for people, don't pray for them in general, pray for them in particular. Call their names. Amen, call their names before the Lord. And I have watched more times than I can count that God would move in that particular, in that particular situation and we're calling their names. There are many great books and resources that are available on the subject of prayer. You can find them through the Pentecostal Publishing House. I'm not promoting that because we make anything off that. We don't. I just want to put resources in your hands or make some of those available. And uh, it would be a great thing to purchase some books. It would give you perhaps a better understanding about prayer and its importance. I was my life in an early, early age, in a young age and early on in our ministry was forever impacted by a man of prayer and a lady of prayer. We were touched in a very specific, powerful way that taught us the value of prayer. I was raised in a, in a prayerful home and raised in a, in a, in a, I'm thankful for the environment that I was raised in, but, but this was something more that took me to a different level, un, uh, unleashed something else in my mind and my heart about the value of prayer. And so it, prayer in our personal lives. And so I can only, you can only ask your, I can only ask you to ask yourself, about praying. A number of years ago, it's been a long time, I've made a reference to it a few times through the years since then, but we did a daily journal as a church and we did a 21 day journal. And in that journal, we just kept up with everything. I just asked you, that wasn't something you turned in, wasn't something, as a matter of fact, we just went as far to ask even uh, companions to not look at one another's journal. It's kind of a private little thing. And we just kept up with exactly how long we prayed and how many days, uh, perhaps a week or a month that we fasted. And it's really different when you're looking at it. Because there have been times I thought I had prayed 45 minutes and when I looked at the clock, it was just over seven minutes. Uh, right, right, right. And so what I'm saying is sometimes we may not be as doing as much as we think we're doing. And on the opposite side of that, you know, we've done many things to help ourselves physically along the way and kind of keep up with what you eat or watch calories or count those things. And when you realize that if just one trip through McDonald's, you can blow the whole day. And so it really adds up when you look at it. And so if you want to do something like that, if you want to keep up with that, that wouldn't be a bad idea because we don't want to just talk about this today. Amen. We don't want to just get a few ways and a few amens and preach it, preachers, but we just want to understand the value of committing ourselves to prayer. Another thing that I believe we should commit ourselves to as we move into 2018 is our family. I believe that is, is such a very, need, a very needful thing in the, in the climate that we're living in today because families are fracturing at an unprecedented rate all around us. And so let's not even just talk about the divorce rate, but let's just talk about those that never even make it that far. They just decide to live out their lives in a fractured condition. And so that's not what I'm talking about today. Let's just talk about the families that are just, uh, there's just so much upheaval among, among the inner workings of their, of their family. And so let's make a concerted effort to be a more committed companion, 
a more committed parent and a more committed friend. Now, how are we gonna do this? I believe that one way that we can discover areas of improvement is to be honest and ask one another. So you ready for this? Amen, we need husbands to ask your wife, how can I be a better husband? And then be man enough to hear the answer. And be Christian enough to hear the answer. And, and, uh, and if your wife doesn't, don't think you're sincere, she's not gonna give you an honest answer. She's just gonna give you a little Harlequin romance nod and like you're the greatest thing that ever, that ever put on shoes and it's not gonna work. But we need to get honest, honest. Did I use too old of a reference there? No, okay. <laughs> I saw a few people shuck, chuckle and I, I thought I might have been way out too far. But anyway, wives, ask your husband how you can be a better companion. And, and if we're really serious about this, how can we improve? And we need to have that kind of communication. If you're not married, ask a trusted friend. How can you be a better friend? How can we improve the, the elements of our lives that help us in relationships? Let the power of the Lord lead us in this to become a better person. I don't wanna think just because I've been a husband so many years that I've got it all figured out. Or a father so many years, I've got it all figured out. I want the Lord to help me to be a, the best that I possibly can be. Another area of commitment that I would like for us to consider today is Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. Ask God, how can we be more committed to this local church? Amen. We need God to help us, to help us get connected to what the Lord is doing right here. I am begging you not to just think of this church on Sunday and Wednesday. Don't just think about this as just the clock and the calendar kind of flips over. But here's what I'm asking you as a pastor. I'm asking you that when the lights of this building are turned out, that we're already praying about Wednesday night. We're already thinking about Wednesday night. God, I'm gonna look with anticipation about what's gonna happen in our Wednesday night service. And when that service is over, we, we need to be reaching as hard as we can to the next Sunday morning. I ask God to move and minister in our lives. We have two regularly scheduled services per week. We have countless ministries, of course, that are associated with our church that happen on Sundays and at other times during the week. And it's my prayer that we will be committed to praying for all of these services, praying. Uh, Jerrica mentioned it a moment ago, but right now, while we're in this building, we have a great number of, of young people and children that are in our annex, and they're teaching them about communion and what that is and what it means and how it affects their life. And, and uh, they have the same communion cups that we're gonna be using today, and they're gonna go through the whole thing. And so, I'm, you know, they're not out there, here's my point, they're not out there watching our children while we're in here having children church and so I appreciate that but they are investing in them and investing truths in them that will never never be pride out of their life and so it's my prayer that we it's my prayer that we will be committed to praying for the ministries of our church and so I'm I am very serious when I ask you to pray about the upcoming services ask God to touch those that'll be teaching ask God that'll touch those that'll be preaching anoint their mind and their heart take them to a level that they've never been in, the, in you before because you know what? 
If we'll pray for the leaders to take us to another level, then that means we're going to another level. If you will pray for the Lord to take our leaders to another level, that means they're gonna take us to another level. And so we ask God to touch us. Amen. I'm asking you to pray for this church. Pray for sinners to feel the Holy Ghost conviction. Amen. The Bible says in Acts 2, and when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Amen, I'm praying God anoint this church and anoint the congregation of this church. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm humbled by the people that have committed themselves to pray and those that I know that are praying for my wife and I and the ministers and the ministry teams of our church. Amen, pray that conviction will touch our heart. But I'm gonna tell you again, amen, that we can't, we're wasting our time to pray for God to convict sinners if the saints aren't convicted. If we have no convictions in our life, if God can't pry us and move us and shake us and stir us, then, then it's a little nonsensical to think that we're gonna create an atmosphere where somebody else is gonna be broken. And so I say, Lord, don't just, don't just affect and move the sinner when they walk in the door of this church, but move me when I walk in the door of this church. Amen. When the spirit of the Lord comes, begins to move, I pray that a spirit of repentance would fall on me. A spirit of brokenness would fall on me. Amen. Pray for a divine conviction to fall in our midst. Pray for deliverance. Pray for liberty and freedom in the spirit of the Lord. We ought to pray for the fruit of the spirit to be manifest and then pray for the gifts of the spirit to be in operation. Pray for our church. Amen. Commit. We ought to be committed, committed to the house of God, committed to be here every time we possibly can that the doors of this church are open. You know what? As a parent, as a parent, I appeal to you this morning that our children should never have to wonder if they are going to be in church on Sunday or Wednesday. They ought to know Tuesday night when they go to bed, tomorrow night, we're gonna be in the house of the Lord. Saturday morning, they ought to know already in their mind where they're gonna be on Sunday. Sunday. Amen. Why? Because we need them to be warm in their hands and their heart over the flame of this gospel truth. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to try to reach the masses of those who may have never heard this message, but wouldn't it be a double shame for those of us who have a Holy Ghost experience ourselves and yet raise our children too far away from the fire? I say, Lord, help me today. Help me today to pull my family and pull their heart and pull their soul and their spirit around the commitment to the house of God. I believe that we ought to be committed to praise and worship. We need to understand the value of being committed to being a pra uh, someone that has a praise in their mouth and worship in their heart. I believe it is through the portal of praise and worship that God does mighty things in our midst. I appreciate the ministry of our church. I really do. I appreciate how God has, has used the ministers of our church. But I, I, I don't know how we could dare measure what the Lord is doing in the midst of our praise and worship. 
I'm gonna tell you, I, I, I think it's quite in order from time to time while we're in our praise and worship service. Amen, I see some of our ministers going back and praying for people and laying hands on them. God can do mighty things in the spirit of prayer and praise. Amen, I believe that, uh, that I truly sense, I've said this for a few services, but I truly sense that God is trying to take us to another level in praise and worship. I'm not alone in what I feel. I know I'm not alone in what I feel. I feel God nudging and pulling. And you know what? Whenever you come to church and the enemy tries to keep you from praying and from, from praise and from worship, then that's all the more reason we ought to lean in. As a matter of fact, that's all the more reason you ought to get out of your pew and just walk out in the aisle and show the devil and show your flesh who is in charge. Amen. I believe that faith is found in our mouth. Amen, it's time for us to end this little silent night prayer and we're gonna put a praise in our lips and we're gonna shake the rafters with our praise and with our worship to be demonstrative in what we are. I'm gonna tell you today, amen, the only thing that'll stop the move of God is you in your life. The only thing that'll stop the move of God in your life is you. But when the spirit of the Lord is moving, you know what the, the lame man said, when the water is troubled, I have no man to help me get in. Amen, let me tell you today that when the water is troubled and people are worshiping in this place, that's not the time to sit down and sit back and tune out. But I'm gonna tell you, if you have a need in your life, that's the time to step out and to step through and to let the spirit and the power of God take us to another place in praise and worship. Amen. This is not just about demonstration, but I'm gonna tell you that church is not a spectator sport, but we are to be participants in that. Praise and worship is not to entertain us. You're not the audience. These are not the entertainers. Amen. We are all the choir and heaven is our audience. Amen. Our praise and worship goes up as a sweet smelling savor. Amen. Not just a few people with a microphone, not just a few people that are playing a musical instrument, but all of us with our voices, whether you're in key or out of key, in tune, out of tune, on beat, off beat, our voices blend together in praise and worship and adoration. Amen. Amen. So the church is the choir and heaven is the recipient of our praise and worship. And so let us do, as David said, we ought to enter in with praise. <laughs> enter in with thanksgiving. Come with that on our mind. Come with that on our mind. The more, I, I, I heard a psychologist say one time that the more awkward something feels that should be natural, the more you should practice that. That's right. So, I'm trying to think of an illustration here, but, oh, I've got illustrations. I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to think of one that'll keep me out of trouble. The trouble ones, they always, they're right on the top. You can get, they, for me, they're right on the top. But the more awkward something feels, the more unnatural something feels that should feel natural. 
the more you should press through it. So I'll just, I'll just stay on tune here today and tell you that praise and worship, it ought to be a natural thing in a Pentecostal church. And so if it feels awkward for you to lift your hands, that's all the more reason you ought to lift your hands. If it feels awkward for you to clap your hands, that's all the more reason you ought to be clapping your hands. We should press through that moment of awkwardness and say, you know, I'm not clapping my hands for you to see me. I just happen to sit up front. I'm not lifting my voice so you can watch me. I'm not here to entertain you. It doesn't matter if I was facing this way or facing this way. When I come to the house of the Lord, I want to engage myself in prayer and praise and worship. And when it feels awkward, I'm going to step through it because I want to show hell and my flesh who is in charge. Amen. The Bible says that if I don't, that the rocks and the mountains will cry out. And I have committed myself to what the songwriter says. Amen, Brother Kenny Townsend. No mountain is gonna take my place. There is no rock gonna take my place. He's given me a voice and I'm gonna lift it up. He's given me hands to clap. I'm gonna clap them. I'm gonna magnify him. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. I just want to say this this morning because I, I, I'm, I'm saying something from my heart. I love all of the ladies that are here and God bless you and thank you and please don't take offense. I, matter of fact, I think you'll appreciate what I'm about to say but I thank God for our men. Amen. We've got godly men in this church. We've got manly men in this church, but you know what? Amen, they're, they're not so caught up in their ego. Their ego hadn't got them so choked up that they can't step out of the aisle, lift their hands. Amen, they're not ashamed to let salty tears run down their face. And you know what? The world needs to know that because many, many times people just think it's the ladies that are leading us. And I'm gonna tell you, in, in all honesty, when I was a young man, if it hadn't been for the ladies, I don't know where we would be today. Amen. That took the men a long time, took us a long time to get on board. But thank God we're on the train today. And I thank our men. I thank our men. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for being moral. Thank you for being faithful to your wife. Thank you for being faithful to your children. Thank you for being faithful to your employer. Thank you for being faithful to your pastor. Thank you for being faithful to your church. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're leading us to a greater place in the Lord. God bless the men of Hatchaby Apostolic Church and the world of Pentecost at large. God bless our men. God bless our men. Praise God, praise God. I'm gonna tell you, I, 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 my wife has served on the ladies committee for many years and because of that I've been involved behind the scenes in ladies conferences for many, many years. Many, many years. And I, long before men's conferences were even a thought. But I'm so thankful for the fire that is burning in men's ministry. My, my, my. Amen. Men's conference is not where we go get beat up because we're not good enough husbands. Please don't think that. Men's conference is a place to help us draw closer to the fire than we've ever been and to help us. Obviously our commitments to the house of God, to the local church, and to the work of God deal with finances. 
so it should go without saying today that we should be faithful in our financial support of the church. The Bible says in Exodus, I'm gonna read this now, but we're gonna put it on the screen in just a moment. Exodus 35 and five says, take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it and offer the Lord gold and silver and brass. So today, as, as you came into the church, our greeting staff there had commitment cards for our families and I trust that you were able to get one of those. We wanna make those available. If you didn't, please uh, just raise your hand in a moment. Somebody will take care of that in a, in a moment in our service. And so today we're gonna receive our pledges for our missions, our global missions and North American missions and for the future of our church as well. Your faithfulness in giving throughout the year affords us the opportunity to support many ministries. Currently, as of today, I just looked yesterday as a matter of fact, we are supporting 28 global missionary families on a monthly basis. Give yourself a hand for that. Amen. God bless Hatchman Apostolic Church. We're also supporting some metro missionaries. As a matter of fact, I'll just have to bring some more information that at some point you just have to stop bringing stuff. <laughs> but I'll bring this uh, more details of this in, a, in an upcoming service. But a few years ago, we partnered with a Metro missionary, brother and sister Metters, who went to Philadelphia. They went downtown Philadelphia, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, where no man dared to go. And they started a church. I don't know if you all remember them. Pardon me, I'll, I'll bring their pictures and we'll put that on the screen. But if you remember them, you may remember this detail about them, that both of them were from small town America. From two different states, I think one from Mississippi, maybe the other one from Alabama. They'll, they'll probably both get forgiveness for that, but that's nevertheless, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> but in all seriousness, they were from just small town America. And God laid on their heart to go to the inner city of Philadelphia, Mississippi a few years ago and I can't remember how many years but it hasn't been that long and they started the church and with Metro Missions if I can just say this real quickly it's kind of like foreign missions in the sense that they go around on deputation and they collect their budget because it's very expensive of course to live and function in a downtown metropolitan area and so the purpose behind that is so they can go into these cities and not have to work a secular job, but so that they can invest themselves into that work and get that work off the ground. I talked to Brother Matters the other day. He called, they have this church already on its feet enough that it is self-sustaining and they have turned the church over to another pastor and they are going to New York City to start a church. We're a part of that. We're a part of that. We're part of that. How cool, how cool is that? Amen, there they are. How cool is that? And so we're, we're a part of that. And so it's not just global missions around the world, but it is right here in North America where God is helping us. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for those North American missionaries. In order to be blessed financially, you have to financially participate. God cannot bless because he said, you gotta be proactive, give and it shall be given. He said, well, I don't have much. That don't matter. You give and God will bless the little because he said, if you're faithful in the small things, 
Amen. So in other words, we have to give God something to be blessed. And so everybody, let's just be honest, everybody can give something can give something. There's no such thing as an offering that's too small for the cause of the kingdom of God. Now, what a horrible thing it would have been if we had alone had to have supported, for instance, brother and sister Metters. They'd probably still be in trouble. If we were trying to lift all of this just by ourselves and if we were trying to lift this big load, but thank God that we are connected to something larger than Hatchman Apostolic Church and we can invest and others can invest and we can see something accomplished for the kingdom of God. And so our faithfulness in giving affords us the, the privilege to bless and then the privilege to be blessed as a corporate body. I, I think that we certainly understand the principle of giving in Luke 6 and 38, give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I understand to, the, to a large degree that I'm preaching to the choir today, amen, but I'm gonna tell you that I believe that God has proven himself again and again and again and again that we give and God will give back. I've said it so many times and if God will give me breath, I'm gonna say it till I check out of this world. Amen, just like God blesses an individual or just like God blesses a family that gives, God blesses a church that gives. Amen, I have shared with you before a great friend of mine starting a brand new work many years ago and they were just trying to get their work off the ground and one day he innocently said, he said as soon as we get everything together we're gonna start supporting missions and I understood from a practical point of view what he was saying and I told him, I said let me tell you now, you need to give to missions now. You give no matter how little it is you give to missions now and God will bless your work and if you you could just see where they are today. I'm not trying to take credit for that, but I will tell you that they did get on board and missions given, amen. So I'm believing that God can bless us as a church. I know it's true because I've watched what the Lord has done for us through the years. As a matter of fact, for the last few weeks, we have been sharing some wonderful testimonies, some we have read to you, some have been on uh, video testimonies of what the Lord is doing right here in the state of Florida, North American Missions. In the last two years, 50 churches have been planted within the state of Florida, either preaching points or daughter works or autonomous, uh, autonomous churches right here in the state of Florida in the last two years. Amen. Now, I, I believe that it's important to add this, that these are not hope-sos and maybes and wannabes, but the 50 that we're bringing to you, there's more in the pipeline that are trying to find a place to worship, trying to get their feet gathered up under them, but the 50 churches that I am referencing today all have an address where they are meeting on a regular basis and having Bible studies, having churches, amen. Of course, uh, among those 50 uh, have been our own daughter work right here in the city of Madison. And, and I wanna thank the, the families in our church that have been so faithfully connected to this work. And if you have not been, let me just throw a promotion out here. I wanna encourage you to go and help them by way of attendance. You would be surprised. You may think, well, it's not a whole lot. I can't do a whole lot. If you can go and be with them just to let another voice join in and sing and in prayer, you may be surprised what it would do to encourage them. And so I, I thank them. As a matter of fact, Brother Everett is in Madison today. Uh, they had a very, they had a special uh, opportunity, a veil uh, open for them to have a prison service this morning. And so he is away this morning behind, he's in jail today. <laughs> 
<laughs> should have put him on our prayer list, shouldn't we? <laughs> Brother Everett's behind bars this morning, but they're having church. They're having church in Madison. And uh, so we're excited about that opportunity because you see, he's not just getting to meet the inmates that are there, but he's getting to meet the man that unlocked the gate to let him in. He's getting to meet the people that signed the papers to approve him to go in the door. And so you're shaking hands. And you know what? I believe the Holy Ghost is gonna go before him. Amen. And before he steps through the gate, the Holy Ghost still steps through the gate. Praise God. Praise God. And so I am thankful for that. God bless them. And so in addition to that, in the month of December, uh, right here in our own church, we have had the privilege of having two global mission services this month. That has afforded us the privilege to hear firsthand reports from other regions of the world. What a neat thing it was for us to be able to have brother and sister Brad Thompson with us, veteran missionaries, decades of investment in, on foreign soil. They went to Guatemala maybe just to spend a few months, maybe a year at the most. 32 years later finds them not only still there but leading that work that is there in Central America and we're thankful for that and just a seven days later to have some brand new missionaries gathering their feet getting their, getting their legs up under them for God to use them to do great and mighty things I want to be a part of that I want our name signed on that not out of ego, not out of arrogance I just see what God is doing and we want to be a part of that much greater thing Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I don't want today just to be about giving dollars and cents even though it's an important part because you know what? We could have 100% participation and financial support of this church and our ministries but if we're not committed to prayer and if we're not committed to our family and if we're not committed to Hatchman Apostolic Church and if we're not committed to praise and worship then this is gonna be a relatively empty building on Sunday and Wednesday. It's gonna be void of a lot of things. A lot of things. So we can't just give financially and feel that we've done all we can because if we do that, our communities will not have a voice of intercession through prayer. And I'm gonna tell you again that I am where I am because somebody prayed for me. Amen. I'm not, I, I hadn't even thought about sharing this to now, but I'm not proud of what I'm about to say, but maybe somebody needs to hear this. When I was a teenage young man, I struggled living for God during a season of my life. My heart wanted to, but I had so many friends pulling me in different directions, and I'm not blaming it on them, but just so many other things just pulling and tugging. And I could call his name today, but I, that's not important. But a man in this church came to my mom and daddy's house and he pulled up in our front yard and he asked me to get in his front seat of his pickup truck. And with compassion, compassion, he just kept reaching for me. Reaching for me. I was thinking, I want to do whatever I want to do. Here's what I was smart enough to know that night. I was smart enough to know that even though I essentially told him no, I couldn't stop him from praying. I've been raised around church too long to know that, to know anything less than that. 
So that night, I'm sure he may have gone home, possibly gone home a little defeated because there wasn't a lot of fruit of that meeting. But he never stopped praying for me. A man in the church, hear me, not a grandmother, not a mother, a man in the church said, I'm gonna keep reaching. And through intercession, he pierced the darkness that was trying to drown my soul. And he's just one of many as to why I'm here today. God bless him. As a matter of fact, some of those who prayed prayers like that for me are not even alive today. But God bless them. God bless them. I believe there is a call of God today to connect ourselves in every way that we can. Let's pray and ask God to touch us and strengthen us. You see, as I often say, especially this time of the year, that being a part of a giving church or being a part of a going church does not necessarily make you a giver or it doesn't make a goer out of you. Your, your checkbook register, your bank statement tells you whether or not you're a giver. Your calendar tells you whether or not you're a goer. That I hit too close to home? Because where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. And so only you know the truth about that. We can, we can be a part of a praying church, but that does not make you a prayerful person. Again, only you know the truth about that. I am so determined in my own heart, and forgive me for just this barrenness before you today, but I am just so determined in my own heart that I do not want to live simply in the overflow of someone else's blessing. I don't know how to put it any better, but I'm just gut-wrenchingly determined I am so thankful for those that have gone on before us. There's a cemetery just a few feet away from this church, but it just represents a few people that have been a part of this church that have brought us where we are. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. And I, I appreciate everything that's ever been done, but I don't wanna just try to stand in their shadow. I am determined to create a flow myself. And for my family. Last night, my wife was showing me, I, I tuned into the video, Brother Mike Wilson and his family, and I guess it must have been Christmas time or something, and they were sitting in their home, and their whole family, some of you saw that video, and they're sitting in their home, and Brother Mike Wilson has a grand piano in their home, and these, he's playing the piano, and all the children and the grandchildren are sitting around, and they're singing these gospel songs. And my wife looked at me, and she said, this is how it ought to be. 
I looked at her, I had tears in my eyes and I was choked up and I said, he has no idea what kind of treasure he's handing his grandchildren today. I know we don't all play the piano, don't all have grand pianos in our house, but you get the point. He handed them a valuable thing. We're gonna sit around. This is not just about turkey and dressing. This is not just about new gadgets and gimmicks and bicycles and clothes, but we're gonna sit down, we're gonna talk about, and we're gonna sing about, amen. If you were, some of you, I see some of you nodding your head. He was, he was, I was just sharing this with you and I just, I appreciated his direction. Of course, he's a singer, songwriter, so he would say to them, he said, harmonize, harmonize. <laughs> harmonize. Finally, in a little bit, he's playing along there. He says, find a part. (laughs) Find a part. Amen. I just feel like today in my heart that in some way, that's what I'm trying to do here this morning. With the help of God, I laid on the floor this morning and I asked God to help me today. So I guess I'm saying harmonize. Harmonize. I guess what I'm trying to say is say, find a part, find a part. Don't just float in here at 10 o'clock and blow out of here when church is over and go do your own thing. But I'm telling you, there's hurting people that need your hands. They need your ability. They need your help. Don't just fly in here at 7.30 on Wednesday night and blow out of here and never think about it again until nine o'clock Sunday morning. I'm saying find a part, harmonize, get in the choir, step up a little closer. Why? Because this is our time to commit. This is our time to commit. I'm gonna tell you why Abner died like a fool. That's what the scripture says. I'm not being unkind. That's what his friend said. He died like a fool. And I'll tell you why he died like a fool. It's because he was standing too close to the gate to hear the voice of the enemy that called him outside. And today, if you're not careful, you're gonna die like a fool because you're standing too close to the gate and the world has too much of your time and too much of your attention. I just feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying today. Amen, we're gonna die like a fool because because everything else has captivated us. We wouldn't think anything about watching an hour program or a three or four hour football game. But if you ask somebody to pray that long, they they would hyperventilate. We need to ask ourselves why, why? Amen, the Lord asked, the Lord rebuked. He said, could you not pray one hour? Could you not pray one hour? And so I say, Lord, I'm not trying to be condemning today. I'm trying to help us to realize we gotta think up. Amen, we gotta get our mind off of this world. You know why? Because it's all gonna pass away. And if it's all gonna pass away, and we're, if, if the Lord doesn't come soon, we're gonna check out of this world. Amen, we're gonna check out of this world, and it's only what we do for God that's gonna last. And so I'm just gonna join Brother Wilson and say harmonize, harmonize, find a part, find a part. Amen, let's plug in, let's get connected, and let the Spirit of God touch us, touch us. Amen, here's what I promise you through Scripture. Here's what the scripture promises. Let me just put it that way. I'm just gonna remind you of it. He said, give and it shall be given. So you give your time, even when you think you don't have it. I mean, I'm gonna retract that. You give your time even when you don't have it. 
and he'll give it back to you. Amen. You give your talent and ability even when you don't have the ability and the time perhaps to do it and God will bless what little you offer and he will measure it and measure it right back to you again. You give of your resources and you know what God will do? He'll turn around and give it right back to you. Amen, you know enough to know this that just because you give God a dollar doesn't mean he's gonna give you two dollars back. Amen, but many times God does bless us that way but God blesses us in ways we cannot even think or fathom or measure. He just lets things keep on going. Amen. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I believe. I don't believe that that refrigerator that ran 20 years did that just because of the company that made it. I believe it may have kept running because God had his hand on it. Amen. God just blessed it. That's what I believe with all my heart. Amen. I believe it. So whatever God gives you, as I said recently, whatever it is that God gives you, if it's talent, abilities, finance, whatever it may be, hold on to it loosely. Don't get possessive of it. And that way we won't struggle when the Lord asks us to give it back, invest it and give it here, give it there. I quoted a passage a few moments ago, but I want, I want uh, Sarah to put that on the screen, if you will. And I want us to look at this together. He said, this is how the Lord said, take ye and from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord, gold, and silver and brass. And so here is the scriptural principle for giving, and I'm gonna say a couple of things, and I don't wanna be misunderstood, but I don't think that God ever had in mind for the church long term to just have to operate by selling aluminum cans. I know churches in their infancy just do you do what you can to get going, and um, there, there's no telling how many. We can say this kind of jokingly in America, but there's no telling how many churches, certainly in America, were built on peanut brittle. That's no joke. Amen. Dentists, the the local dentists were making a they were making a fortune as well. <laughs> But when a church matures, we should have people connected and invested into what's going on to the point that a church should never have to barter to survive. And thankfully, that's how we are. But I'm just pointing this out. God bless us, amen, for that. So if something goes wrong around here, so far we haven't really just had to try to sweep it up to try to figure out what to do not because we're rich and increased with goods and got money to burn, but it's because we've got faithful people that have already invested, already given. The Lord laid on my heart before we left to go to general conference a certain dollar amount for us to give as a church to, toward I Am Global and our global mission service. And so I, I had committed to that before we ever left for general conference. But for weeks before a few weeks before General Conference, the Lord began to deal with me about doubling that offering. Now, I wanted to make sure that I, you know, of course, I wasn't at anything. I wasn't at a meeting to get caught up in any emotional thing, but I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't just me, and so I wanted to pray about that, not because I'm not generous or don't want us to be blessed as a church, but I, I just began to feel that long before we ever left here. 
When we got to our global mission service at the closing of that service, we were standing down front and I'm, I think I'm the only guy in the building thinking about this, but I'm just thinking, trying to figure out what to do. And uh, I hope you don't think less of me for this, what I'm saying here, but I'm just trying to make sure, I wanna make sure that wasn't me and it was the, it was the Lord. And the, and the man that was speaking said something about doubling your offering. Is it good enough for me? Good enough for me. And you know what? I didn't have to come back home from general conference and get up here and look all sad and pitiful and tell some horror stories about global missionaries, about, no, no. We had it to give. You know why? Because you were faithful. Faithful. Amen. So God bless you for that. Aren't you glad to be a part? <laughs> Amen. It's never been my desire to ever make anybody feel pressured to do anything above beyond what God will lay on your heart. But I'm gonna ask you to do what God would impress you to do, even if it is a step of faith. And here's what I believe. If it is important to you, it is important to God. Amen. The things that I'm really passionate about, I believe God's passionate about that are in, in line with his word. I believe that if, it, if this is important to you, it'll be important to God. And so what I'm asking you for without hesitation this morning, I do that without hesitation because I'm not asking you to do anything for me personally. I'm presenting ministry opportunities and the great blessing comes when we give from our living and not just from our abundance. And there's a difference, let me just say this, between a scriptural vow that is covered in Ecclesiastes 5 and a faith promise. We understand that sometimes we make a faith promise. People lose their jobs, people have crisis that happens and that, that's not, nobody's gonna send you a bill at the end of the year. No, this is a faith promise between you and, and the Lord. And so we, we wanna make sure that God is there, amen, in, in, in our heart and in our lives. And so that's all I had to say about that. I'm asking you to harmonize. Find a part. I'm, I'm gonna spend just a few minutes, just a few minutes and we're gonna talk about our communion service and we're gonna participate in that. And I know I've, I've gone a little bit long here, but <clears throat> I believe that we should never forget about the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord. Now you're gonna hear some common things right here. We just celebrated the birth of Christ as a nation. Not that he was, of course, born on December 25th, but the birth of Christ. But everything about communion, when, when the Lord was wrapping everything up, the center of communion was not about wine, it was not about grape juice, it was not about a lot of the things we've made it about but it was about remembering his death until he comes. Don't forget me. Wouldn't you think it would be impossible to forget, but he must have understood because it comes to us again and again and again. Don't forget. We understand that the Lord's Supper is not just a nice ceremony that's filled with sentiment and memories, but it's a statute of the, of the scripture. And if it's, if it's properly understood, I believe that communion can accomplish several things in our life. I really believe 
that before we leave today, potentially we have the opportunity for many things to happen in our life. I believe that communion can bring us into the presence of God. I believe that times of communion like this can help us as we have been for weeks, amen, deal with perhaps sin in our life, deal with areas of weakness in our life and, and say, you know what, I, I need to make sure I gotta take care of this. It can restore fellowship with the Lord and it can also restore fellowship with one another. Amen, we need to make sure today that our heart is right with one another and not just our heart is right with God because we can't try to be right with him if we're not right with them. Amen, we gotta let the spirit of God restore fellowship, not just in heaven, but here on earth. And so in this memorial, we partake first of the bread. The bread is symbolic of his broken body. The Lord's Supper speaks to us of his death. It's the death of, of full suffering. It paid the entire price of our sins. And so every time we gather to take communion, we do it a lot of times in this time of the year, but the Bible just says as often as you do this, as often as you do this. And so I don't think there's any specific number of times, but every time we gather, we're remembering and it reminds us that we're waiting on the Lord to come. Amen. So Jesus took the cup and the bread and transformed them into meaningful, significant spiritual experiences experiences for all of us. However, the value of, of, this, of this experience depends on the condition of the heart of those who participate. Because it's a serious thing to come to communion with an unprepared heart. It really is. It's a serious thing to receive communion in a careless manner. It really is. Because the Corinthians had been sinning and observing the Lord's Supper, Supper, the Lord disciplined them. The Bible says that when Paul spoke to them, he said, for this cause, many of you are weak, are weak and sickly, uh, many are, excuse me, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep or many have died. And so communion gives us an opportunity to, to have spiritual growth and blessings when we come to it with our heart right and our minds right. It's what it, this is all about. It's an opportunity. It's a fresh start. It's a clean slate. So let's look into what it takes in order for us to receive the blessings of God. I'm going to ask our musicians, if you will, to come and our praise team perhaps to come. I'm going to ask those that are in charge, if you will, to prepare to serve communion. And so in just a few moments, they're going to start coming to you. And if you'd like to participate, they'll gladly serve you. I'm just going to ask you to take the cup and just hold on to it and we'll do it together. Let me insert this right here. If, if um, you need an extra cup for a friend or maybe a companion, somebody that wasn't able to be here today, you can feel free to ask our Brother Rayleigh or our Brother Justin there for an extra one. They'll pass by. Communion is a time for observation. I believe that we should receive communion and look back. Broken bread reminds us of Christ's body given for us and the cup reminds us of, of his shed blood. So communion gives us an opportunity to look behind us, but it also gives us an opportunity to look before us. He said that we should observe the Lord's Supper till he comes. The third thing I believe that communion does is, is, Brother Williams, it gives us a chance to look within. We can look back, we can look ahead, but, but probably one of the most valuable things we can do today is look within, within. 
you know, we have two different kind of cleanings around our house and I'm sure our, our house is not the only one. We have cleaning days. We have deep cleaning days. I don't mind being there for the cleaning days. But the deep cleaning days, they get, they get a little technical because everything's coming out. My wife will be crawled so far up in the kitchen cabinet, all you can see is her ankles. <laughs> Everything's coming out. Sorry for that word picture. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for that little word picture there, but anyway. It's all coming out. And here, uh, let me just please tell this. <laughs> please, I'm begging you. She said, I don't want to, I don't want me to she don't talk about dying and we're not being more. She said, I don't want to die and somebody see all this. Because <laughs> you see, life just has a way of getting us cluttered. And so you can clean all the time. But there's a difference between cleaning and deep cleaning. It's all coming out of the cabinet. We're gonna wipe under it, we're gonna put it all back. But we're gonna do some deep cleaning. And so looking within, I'm not just asking you to look at your heart, look in the mirror and say, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good lady. But deep cleaning, it's all gotta come out. And we're gonna wipe it all off. We're gonna take care of it. You know, when I think about a moment of communion like this, I, I say this probably every year, but it certainly is piercing to me. I think about the lady that was brought to the Lord that was caught in the very act of adultery. And, and Jesus said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. We rejoice in the fact that they all dropped their rocks and left and that she was spared. But here's the sad part of that story. They all confessed they had sin in their life. Because when they dropped the rock, with every thud, it was a confession of wrong in their life. And they're standing just within an arm's reach of the very one that could have completely forgiven them. And so today we have an opportunity, we're within arm's reach of the one that can help us as we look within to really do something about the issues of our life. If we have spiritual hangups we need God to help us with, he'll do that today. Don't just drop the rock and walk out. I mean, if you've got issues perhaps that need to be amended between somebody else in the church, don't just go home and pretend it's all okay. Don't just drop the rock and walk out whenever the healer is in this house. We need to look around and discern. We need to be very mindful. Amen, God help us to be mindful. The Bible says, by this shall all men know that you're mine, my disciples, if you have love one to another. I'm gonna ask you to stand. Amen, I'm just gonna ask us to pray together. Now here's what I'm gonna do today. We're gonna pray an Elijah prayer this morning. I believe the prayer that Elijah prayed on Mount Carmel was just the summary of his whole prayer life. And so when he stood on Mount Carmel against those 450 prophets of Baal, we might have thought that would have taken a three-day prayer meeting. But you see, Elijah been praying before this day. And so he prayed a rather simple prayer, but a powerful prayer, and heaven opened up and consumed that sacrifice. And so today, I'm, I'm, I'm basing 
the belief that we've been praying about this day long before this day. And I want us to pray together and ask God to help us as to cleanse our heart and our soul. Amen. Would you take a deep look? Don't worry about your neighbor, your wife, your children. Don't worry about your parents or anything at this point. I'm just asking you to look at you. I'm asking me to look at me. And can we pray together and ask God to touch us and strengthen us in the Holy Ghost? Lord, I'm asking you today, God, help me to look within. Lord, I am aware of so many things that I need your help with today. But I'm asking you to bring an awareness to my heart and my mind concerning issues perhaps, Lord, that are buried beneath other things and obstacles in my life. I'm asking you today, God, to let the power of the Holy Ghost minister in our heart. Let it minister in our life today. God, we ask you to touch us as a church and let the power of your word, let it pierce our heart asunder. I ask you today, God, that we not go home unchanged and unmoved and unyielding and unwilling, Lord, to, to change our lives. But, Lord, let us become pliable clay in your hands, moldable clay in your hands. Let the spirit of the Holy Ghost, let it touch our hearts. Let it touch our lives. Let it anoint us today, God, in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm asking the Lord to touch us today. If we've got something wrong in our heart, we just got to get it seen about. Some things are not going to go away. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to deal with it, pray, and let the Spirit of God pry those things loose in our heart. Amen. As you stand today, I want you to take your cup. If you will, pull back. You can peel the first layer of your cup, and it will... It will reveal the unleavened bread there, the wafer. Just hold, hold that if you will. I'm gonna ask you to join us. And we're gonna read a scripture and then we're gonna partake of that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Amen, let's take of that if you will now. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Amen. Peel back, if you will, the second layer on your cup. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five. after the same manner, also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood, this do ye, as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. And let's partake of that, if you will. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm gonna ask Sister Boyd come, if you will. Amen. Join hands if it's appropriate with somebody near you. Amen. And let's just pray and ask God to touch our homes. Let's pray and ask God to touch what I've been preaching about this morning, our prayer life, our, our homes, our worship. Pray about our commitment to the house of God. Let your spirit touch us today. Let your anointing be with us today. Let your presence and your power be with us today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, we just pale in the shadow of what the responsibilities of the kingdom are. But I'm asking you today, God, to lift us up and help us to see past and beyond the clouds of today, the uncertainty, the, the unanswered questions, oh Lord. I pray that your anointing would touch us and bless us and strengthen us now by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God.
Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. Our ushers, our praise team is gonna sing and our ushers are gonna come and they're gonna be receiving our, your commitment, our commitment cards today. I wanna say this, I, I know I do this every year. I hope you don't weary with me. But this little cup, don't throw it away. Would you take it home, maybe rinse it out and just put it in a conspicuous place so that you can remember today? Amen. Would you do that? I, that's a small thing. But let's remember. Let's remember. Shall we do that? Amen. Our ushers are coming. Let's magnify the Lord together. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.